Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Hey, Please Advise Nation. It's your favorite producer, Christina here. I know it's a little weird to hear my voice at the top, but there's something that I just wanted to warn you about in this episode. Six minutes into the episode, we had a little bit of a technical glitch and our main microphone got disconnected. But... We had a backup mic and it recorded everything. It just sounds a little bit different. And so I wanted to just give you guys a heads up. Thanks for everything. Here's the episode. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey, you guys. Episode 154 of Please Advise. I have someone named Kelly Lahe on the phone with me today. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So this is kind of an interesting circumstance because I found out about you through a news article. Christina, like, Twitter DM'd me one night, and... Um, it was basically like, I, I basically just followed you right after it came out and it was like a really horrific story. Um, and then we started talking and I was like, this girl's really sweet. I want to have you on, please advise. I like, so we reached out, we connected. <laughs> um, so this is a little bit of like an, a circumstance where I don't want to like pressure you into telling any story you don't want to, but if you no, don't mind no like, kind of recapping the news story and like how we got to talking, that would be great. Yeah, so I woke up one morning and I was kind of just like, I'm going to post it. And so I did. Um, So I was going to school in Gainesville, Florida, and um, I got raped and I had to move home really abruptly. Like the night he got arrested, I moved home. Wow. And Yeah. Um, like I literally took a suitcase and like just packed and went home. And then a few weeks later I went up and got the rest of my stuff. Um, and so I, um, basically was just like, okay, I'm going to trust the process. Like there's a confession, there's witnesses, there's a rape kit, there's everything we need to have him go to jail. And, uh, over a little over a year later, um, they basically, gave him a plea deal, which I was not comfortable with. I was like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. I went up to Gainesville. I read an impact statement. I like cried and begged and they gave him a plea deal. Yeah. So I didn't, I, we didn't get to go to trial. It was just a hearing. Um, and so I didn't feel like that was fair. And I was like, I, I feel like there needs to be like, people need to know that like this man is you know out there yes um, and like a threat and I was like this happens to a lot of girls and so I was like I'm just gonna kind of say my story and it had been posted um the day that I actually moved home like when I woke up the next morning like there were already articles about it because he was a news reporter right um and so I was just like I'm just gonna share the link and kind of like say what happened and then I got like a bunch of kind dms and you messaged me like stay strong or something like sweet like that and I was like oh thank you and then we got to talking well I think your your story is incredibly relatable for a variety of reasons and points out a lot of sorry my nose is stuffy a lot of holes in the justice system because I mean obviously like a lot of you know, people who experience stuff like this, they don't want to go to trial, but there's an importance in the trial as well. And like, as you, you know, you feel a little bit ripped off, which I think that it's it's a completely understandable thing. Um, And a lot of people, they don't want to go through a trial. Um, It's like embarrassing, or maybe their uh, predator wasn't as um, high profile as yours was in the community. And I feel like it's obviously very important that he be held accountable on that level. But I think the thing that horrifies me the most 
was that you left school and that you felt like you couldn't continue your education there um, because of it. And was that due to just overall just being overwhelmed being on campus or was it more due to the fact? Yeah. No, continue. I was going to say more (laughs) due to the fact that like you just were uncomfortable being there. It honestly, like looking back, it wasn't even like a discussion. Like I, was sitting in, so I did a recorded phone call with the police and I was sitting in the police station and my dad was, my dad drove up. I was like, I have an incredible family. <laughs> and my dad drove up like the like five and a half hours um, while I was in the hospital like, getting the rape kit. And he like was looking at me and he was like, um, I knew like that night I was going to go home, but I didn't know that I wasn't going to come back. So he was like, I think you need to take some time and like, just, just like, you don't have to finish the semester. Like just come home. Like you're just, it's, you're coming home. And I was yeah. just kind of like, honestly, like, I don't even know what else to do. So it's okay. And I came home and it, I, I didn't go back. Like I was dealing with a lot and I feel like I, you know, I have a therapist down here that I had had in high school who I was comfortable with. So I just felt like it was like a support thing. I didn't have a lot up there. And also like I had kind of figured that he was going to stay there. He ended up not. Um, But I don't know. I I think it was just like a comfort safety thing. I didn't want to leave school, but I like, I I felt like I didn't have a choice and that's what my family wanted. They wanted to like keep an eye on me, which I think was good because I feel like when I needed someone, I, you know, I live with my dad. So there was always someone there. Yeah. And you were just, I, okay. So you, you obviously you were more comfortable at home, which I think is, it's good to know that. Cause I wasn't sure necessarily if you were like bullied or yeah. No, the, the school actually didn't even know because he wasn't a student. He's older. He had graduated. I don't know one, but, um, no, the school wasn't involved. It was just kind of like, like, I was just like, okay, well, my life just got like ripped apart. Like I'm, I need to go home. Like, so have you received like support from the school at all in this or are you just like completely separated from them? No, it was completely separate. The schools had nothing to do with it. Okay. I, I basically got my money back for classes because I had um a medical withdrawal yeah so um they give you an advocate when you go to the hospital and so she wrote me a like a verified letter she's like a lovely person and she wrote a letter and I got my money back and my everything and I just kind of went from there I'm back in school now so that's good yeah I was gonna ask you if you're getting to continue Right. And that's a huge step back. And like, I'm so glad to hear that this was, I mean, at least in terms of your campus or whatever, because I know that sometimes it can be really difficult to face other students when something like this has happened. And I just didn't know if you'd been what the situation was at school. Um, Do you mind if I ask like I not to totally pivot subjects uh, in a weird way, but like, what, what are you majoring in? Like, what was your major at school? My major was um, psychology. Okay. And then now my major is art history. And as of recently with the events, I wanted to be a curator, but now I kind of want to go into law and be a judge. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. That's so great. And I, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story and putting it out there the way that you did, because I think that sexual assault has a lot of different faces on it. It has a lot of different, I mean, it happens to everyone everywhere. And so, um, first of all, thank you for sharing your story very bravely. And also I'm so happy to hear that you're continuing your education because when things like this happen to people in schools, a lot of times they completely just pull back from the idea of school. Um, and I know that this didn't, didn't happen. Like, you know, it wasn't another student or anything like that, but there was you know, it can be a very emotional thing for someone to go back to school after something like this. You kind of just like lose trust in the whole system altogether yeah, because that's sure. where you were in the place in your life. Um, so you're continuing, uh, you're continuing on with school. And, you know, as I told you, when we first started this, like, 
I don't want this to be all about, you know, what happened to you. I want to just talk to you as a person and go through our letters with the way that we do one. Please advise because it's, I think it's very important that people start to get to feel some more normalcy after something like this happens. Um, yeah. and, and just, you know, be treated like the person they are. It's like kind of been my whole, like if I have any beef with the Me Too movement, it's that the, you know, these people are living as victims now and not survivors. And, uh, you know, we just want to say on behalf of Please Advise that we're so proud of you for standing up for yourself. I can't imagine how difficult it was to read a victim impact statement. I just, that's like, to me, seeing that on the news so much lately, it's been a nightmare uh, to think about oh having to do that myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, do you want to talk so about that? I feel so bad girl. I, I know. how you say his last name, whatever. He doesn't even deserve a last name. He's trash. No, but... I know. That's what I keep thinking. I'm like, <laughs> do I want to learn how to say his last name? I don't know if I care. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> He's disgusting. But, yeah. no, I mean, thank you for, I mean, listening and talking to me about it. I think um, I think the whole Time's Up thing, like, I, I think coming forward in this generation is a lot right. better than it was coming forward, like, say, in my mom's or something like that. Um, and I think that it should be, like, easier. But, like, it's, I don't know. It's still not. Well, it's like, it's one of the hardest crimes to commit someone guilty of because there's so, this this legal system is so broken when it comes to that. And, you know, like, for example, in the case of uh, the guy whose last name we won't bother to learn how to say, um, (laughs) it's that situation is so powerful because there's uh, like over 150 victims uh, that were able to. My thing is, I don't think it should take that many victims. It shouldn't. it just, it really shouldn't, like, when and they reported it, like, I think first in 1997, like, that's the year I was born, I'm 20. Like, if someone yeah. had believed that one girl, like, that wouldn't have happened. And, like, that's something that, like, I said in my statement, I was like, look, like, I don't want to have to come back here one day and, like, sit with another girl if this happens to them. Like, it should end with me. Like, I don't know if it began with me. I'm not going to, you know, accuse him of something I don't know, but... Like, hopefully it would end with me, but, like, I don't know. I just think it's weird. If if someone says they got robbed, it's not, uh, oh, my God, no, she's lying, or she just wants compensation for something she never owned or something like that. Like, it's just, it's such a weird way that the, the system treats people. Like, um, Christina, what? Oh, sorry. Christina, my producer, wants to ask you something. What's that? Oh, no, you were actually getting to a good point, and I saw someone highlight this on Twitter the other day, where it's like, when it comes to any other crime, the burden of proof is on the state. It's up to the state to prove that the thing happened, but with sex crimes, it's always up to the victim to prove that it happened. Yeah. And he was in a position of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you can can go. I was just going to say, he was in a position of power in your life, right? He was some sort of, like, was he a mentor of yours? No. Not at all. Oh, I was under the impression that he was a mentor or something. No, he was, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even call him an acquaintance. Like, I'd met him once um, before. I had, like, a really weird vibe of him. And then I didn't even want to invite him to, it was Halloween night, um, to, like, this pregame that my friends were having, but we're all underage, so we were, like, how do we get alcohol? My friend was, like, invite him. Like, he's hitting you up. I was, like, "Mm, no, and they were, like, just do it, just do it. So he came, and I, you know, the rest is written. (laughs) I mean, um, there's a lot to say there, by the way, because uh, I always take real issue with whatever creepy-ass adult it is that's buying underage kids alcohol. I've always said that, like, that guy that was around buying everyone booze in high school is like the biggest creep it's of all time. Yeah. And if I you don't look back, it, but yeah, I did, well, no. the only thing I deserved for drinking that much is a hangover. Like, Oh no. And honey, basically. by the way, of course you're going to ask, of course you're going to ask for it. It's, it's like, yeah. it's his job <laughs> as a legal adult to say, I'm not going to put myself in that position or, you know, you can ask someone else to ask a senior, like, yeah. you know, like, there's plenty of reasons why he knew that was inappropriate. Um, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg, obviously. And from there to like oh, no, the take advantage of the situation, 
was completely, I mean, it's just so screwed up. Um, and like, God, what a classic dynamic that is. Like the older guy who comes to buy the college girls. out. It's just, it's so, it's so creepy. Yeah. I'm so sorry for, yeah. for having, you had to go through that. Yeah. I mean, it's not okay, but I'm okay. So. Well, that's good. That's, I mean, that's, that's good. Perfect. And I'm glad that you're back with your counselor. That's for it. That that is working out for you. And I'm so glad that, to hear that you're back in school. Because for, you know, when I wasn't really sure what had happened, I was really like, I was really upset on your behalf, especially that your life was derailed. But I just was really hopeful that you were going to be able to continue your education. And that's yeah. great to hear that you're looking into the legal field now. Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, I, I, if I become a judge one day, like, that's my plan right now. I mean, I change my mind about what I want to do, like, every 10 seconds. But, I mean, <laughs> I would love for a guy like him to come into my courtroom and think that he's going to leave, like, a free man. Right, right. Um, I change my idea, my mind every, like, 10 minutes, too, just so you know. So that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had four majors. Um so we, what we do on this show, I think you've listened to a couple episodes, but we take calls from people, a lot of lost souls, um, and we answer letters. And so we uh, have some that Christina sent you in advance, and I would love to talk about that. Do you, by any chance, we usually ask our guests this, and I don't think I prepared you for this, but maybe I think you're a creative girl, you can come up with them on the spot. Do you have three reasons why you're qualified to give advice today? Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh I like to think I'm pretty mature. Um Yes. I I give my friends a lot of advice often. That's a very and huge qualifier. I'm a big sister. So oh, you I are think big sisters give good advice. So <laughs> that's that's great. great. How old is your sibling? Um, I have a few actually. I have an older sister. Her name's Lauren. Okay. She's two years older than me. She's twenty-two. Um, I have a brother. His name is Daniel. He is nineteen. I have a little sister that lives with my mom. She is nine. She's gonna be ten this year. And then I have a stepbrother who is eleven and his name is Luca. Oh my God. It's like you're, you're Catholic or something. You're like from a family like mine. So many kids. No, but uh, like we are. <laughs> right. Um, well, let's take our phone calls or our letters. Christina, do you know what you want to do first? Uh, there's a letter first. There's a letter. Okay. Yeah. Kelly, do you want to read the letter? Yeah. Let me go. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> I have it open. I can read it. Oh, Christina can read it. She says she has it open right in front of her. Okay. Do you mind if I just do it? And then you can you can take the second one. <laughs> okay. Okay, perfect. Okay. So, <clears throat> my boyfriend of one year moved into my building in July. One week later, he broke up with me. We had our issues, but in my mind, we were solid enough that moving into my building was a great idea. I was shook and pissed. It's been a roller coaster of emotions since. We tried going the friendly route, hanging out, texting, etc., but then whirlwinds of resentment towards him would wash over me and I would lash out accordingly. I've sabotaged any remote possibility of getting back together. The final nail in the coffin was telling him to stop texting me completely. He called me immature and vindictive. Fine, he can think that, but it was what I needed to deal with the situation. My question is, how the fuck do I move on with my life when I have a constant reminder of a failed relationship living 30 feet away from me? Literally, moving is not a possibility. I'm just so fucking sad. Thanks so much, Malls. Oh my god, this is a nightmare. Um, <laughs> okay, have you ever have you ever lived with a guy? Me? Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! My yeah, don't I mean, play like that. No, exactly. I feel like this <laughs> is a very young mistake. Like this is exactly like what I my first college boyfriend, uh, or my. Yeah, my college boyfriend and I, he followed me out to LA and we lived together. And first of all, that is a that is something that I would never do again unless I anticipated marrying the person. Um, because 
And I don't want to like go back and like retroactively shame this girl for what she didn't know at the time. But for anyone else there who's listening, don't move in with your boyfriend or girlfriend unless you guys, it's just too expensive. A lease is expensive to break. It costs a lot of money to get your furniture out of there. There's a division of assets that happen that like you're not even, you're not married. But they're, you know not, I mean? they're not in the same apartment. I think it's just the same building. No, I know. But I'm just saying in general, like, that's fake moving in together. Like, if yeah. you guys are, why <laughs> would you be neighbors? Yeah, like, let's be neighbors. Na- like, this is getting hot and heavy. We should be neighbors. Like, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. So, um, I just feel like, yeah, exactly. It feels like, exactly. It's a reverse boy next door situation. I don't know if you saw that amazing Jennifer Lopez movie, but Christina <laughs> and I saw it the day it came out. Um, but yeah, no, it's a. God, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know because I, I would, I would, I probably beg my parents for like to help me break the lease. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I think um, I would just be fueled by revenge. Like I would try to date someone that was better than him and like hope we ran into each other in the building, and then that would be like my getting over you, it. It's just like living well is the best revenge. The mistake of being like apparently immature and being sick I think that was the first mistake because I feel like maybe they could have gotten back together and the whole neighbor situation could have worked out but she played herself it looks like well she did (laughs) no no I tell I tell people shit like that all the time it's fine she did play herself herself. um but I I also think (laughs) that the my thing that I think was the first mistake was trying to be this guy's friend Mm -hmm. because In general, my theory with relationships is this. You did not enter that relationship as friends. You entered that relationship as two people that wanted to, you know, bone or whatever. Like, you entered that as people that were interested in romance. And um, it's really, really difficult to trans... Like, even if you guys were friends and then started dating, it's really difficult to go back into a friendship or to start a friendship for the first time that's platonic after you have all this resentment and anger behind you, and resentment is the key word, because obviously if they broke up, she probably doesn't want to get back together with this guy. So it was like a yeah. false start to think that they could be friends. Like, you, of course you're going to flip. I have breakups that are so cut and dry, and I still want to flip out on them after, because I'm, like, angry that they wasted my time. Um, I mean, what does she do? I could say get on Tinder and start, you know, seeing people, but something tells me that this could lead to a situation where she feels very empty. Or you match with each other. Yeah, or you match with each other. That's that's definitely a good rom-com version. Yeah, exactly, right? It's like within five feet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That would be the the grinder version. Um, But, yeah, I definitely would say in the future, don't date anyone who lives in your building moving forward. Um, I would say that, you know, thankfully with an apartment building, in my experience, you never see your neighbors if you don't want to. You guys can be ships in the night. Like, just leave five minutes after he does or leave before him. Like, just make a point to not see him. And also, maybe if there is an opportunity to, like, write a note that just says like, listen, like we're going to be in this building until our lease is up. Probably even longer than that. Um, Cause I assume they're young and broke and moving isn't a very easy option for them. Um, and just say like, listen, this was a bad breakup. This was probably way too soon and completely inappropriate for us to live in the same building. Um, and, you know, moving forward, like let's just try and be as respectful as possible because my mind goes to not just her dating and then, Maybe regretting it. Yeah, it's it's running into him on a date. And, like, you know, it can just be, like, I would say something like, you know, if you're going to bring someone home or something, I would just ask, give you the same respect that I would pay you or ask for the same respect that I would pay you, which is, you know, don't make out in the hallway. Like, don't, you know, don't. Uh, yeah, be quiet. Be, like, Yeah, take it to her house. You know what I mean? And just, um. In general, just like, let's try and be as respectful as possible. Because at one time, you guys did share something that meant something to you. Um, And I I think you should stop blaming yourself for having a normal human reaction. There's that. Um, And it might take you a while um, to really, like, get there. But um, overall, I think that this can be solved with, like, a well 
worded adult letter. Um, and then on your part, some a little bit of uh, taking on a huge lesson and realizing that you're going to suffer right now, but you'll never make that mistake again. I don't know. I think, I think like, another thing is, like, if you want to be friends with an ex, like, I'm friends with my ex. Like, we're cool. Like... <laughs> like one of them no I'm not like ill but like <laughs> the other one we're like cool I think you need to like decide like if she wanted to become his friend again like leave it at that like don't be his friend and then go crazy or like I don't know Just how don't long did it take you guys yeah I mean, well wait how you and your ex how long did it take to get to a spot where you were cool I mean I don't know like we we were cool and then sometimes we weren't cool and now we're cool like it's just like we've realized like we don't work as a couple but like we were friends before anything so we kind of just went back to that because that's what works but like there you have friends for different things you know like you don't have to you know talk to your <laughs> certain friends about your boy problems or like your relationship like I'd never I would never hit him up and be like hey so I'm having problems with this guy like what do you think I should do like I would my other friends like create boundaries in every relationship especially one with your ex like oh my god I don't even think I knew what boundaries were when I was your age um so that's (laughs) that's very very interesting Kids are so mature now. I'm telling you, you guys are so. Your generation is so much more mature than my generation. Like we were Everyone so sloppy. My generation, but I love my generation. I mean, what the the one below me is eating like Tide Pods, like. <laughs> yeah, but where I totally from? understand. Yeah, no, no I don't think me, you're the like, problem. Like ruined our economy. The one below me is eating Tide Pods. Like we just like. <laughs> kneel during the anthem and we're like ruining the country like I don't understand okay in all fairness we graduated into a bad economy (laughs) but yeah no I know no um I totally we're in the the same generation we're in this I mean we are you and I are right no she is also it goes from 1980 to 2000 oh my god I'm saying oh my god generation like yeah, you're I cannot believe you were born in 1997. Like Christina and I, our eyeballs both fell a little bit out of our heads when you <laughs> said that. Um, but yeah, girl, I don't know. Like to our to our person who wrote in this letter, like, I mean, I would just say that yeah, Kelly has really really good advice. Like, this is not your friend. You even I would say even drink with at this point in your yeah, life. Yeah, you don't like, need to you, hang out. You can yeah, be, you don't be his friend. Be friendly. Yes. That's, that's that is really good advice. advice. That's Be very a friendly good advice. neighbor. And exactly. Kind of leave it at that and then get you a hot boy. And <laughs> she needs to jam out to that new rule song that's all about like what to she avoid bro- when you're trying yeah, to get with, a, a with an ex. Like, just- <laughs> I love that. Okay. Keep it pushing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's um take a call. I think we have a phone call. Hey malls, Christina and guests. So I am applying to participate in like a live storytelling event for a podcast. It's called Risk. Um anyway, it has to do with bulimia. Well, my story has to do with like bulimia and my like road to discovering I have OCD, but with it's this whole like thing. Um, anyway, I am just wondering, like, should I use an alias or should I just use my regular name? I know that this is kind of jumping the gun because I haven't like been accepted yet, but I also know that like you guys probably get a lot of calls and like you may not even answer this. So I just want to like get this question out into the universe, but details I'm 26 so I'm not exactly established in my career I'm a graphic designer so it's like a liberal field but I'm just a little like I guess nervous about putting out into the universe that I have mental illness even though I'm pretty open with it already um but I also think that using an alias kind of just reconfirms that it's like bad to have a mental illness and I really feel I found that most people when I am vulnerable or like when I reveal this are very accepting and like 
um, admired my openness. So I don't know. I'm kind of like lean both ways. Part of me is like, yeah, I should just use my regular name. And then the other part of me is like, what am I a fucking idiot? Like I should totally use an alias. So yeah, any advice is much appreciated. Love the pod and please advise. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so, uh, Kelly, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty mentally ill. Uh, but <laughs> by standards of the definition, like, I deal with anxiety, depression, uh, the whole the whole situation, which I think is more common than not. And the conversation <laughs> yeah. around mental illness is becoming a lot more... Uh, less stigmatized. Yeah, it's much less stigmatized now. Um, I feel like this uh, caller, I, I understood her point, but I felt like she double talked a little bit when she said, I want to work in a very liberal field, but I also want to be honest. It, uh, typically, a liberal field would be the best one to bring up that you have yeah. mental illness, especially something like an eating disorder, which is much less you know, uh, stigmatized than, for example, like bipolar or something else that's completely normal, but it has a really heavy association with it. Um, what do you think in general about someone talking about having an eating disorder or whatever? I, I mean, thankfully I've never suffered with an eating disorder, but I mean, she wanted to like use a fake name, like anonymous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think anyone, and I mean, this may be like a privileged thing to say, because I know not everyone can turn down jobs, but if a job like didn't want you because you've had something like that or like a mental illness, like, is that really a job that you would really want to work in to begin with? Like, that's such a stupid thing. And like, I don't know. I think own it, like talk about it. Like you can help someone. And I, I think it's 2018, like people need to stop being rude and just kind of realize that like things happen like shit happens people go through things and yeah I mean okay to talk about absolutely and like I I also want to encourage her to like really find out what she's comfortable with like I have a role as a writer and as a podcaster and everything else I do Mm -hmm. which is that like I set back like this is one area of my life I set boundaries I set boundaries <laughs> but there's something that I'm not comfortable talking about in public I don't talk about it um and it sounds like this girl really does want to talk about it first of all I don't think I know a graphic designer who doesn't have mental illness in some capacity so there's that um <laughs> eating disorders are the number one most fatal mental illness that people deal with so I think that anytime you survive something like that it is a success story it's not and I know that this girl's probably still in recovery and dealing with it all the time, but you know, it's not something that's so uncommon that people can't grasp it. It's also, um, first of all, I think it's illegal for someone to not hire you because of something like bulimia. Um, yeah. that's like an illegal, like you can't qualify someone's ability to work based on something like that. And, um, it sounds like you're really passionate about doing the story show, which means that like, you know, it might be something that you want to pursue long term or have as a long term hobby. And if that's the case, then you should absolutely be establishing yourself. Um, and frankly, like, you know, podcasts are great, but they're not that important. I don't think you're going to not get a job because you did a podcast um, and spoke about this thing. And maybe it's a lot larger of a podcast than I realize. But um, I don't think for the most part that that's something that anyone could or would hold against you if they were to ever find it. I think that they'd probably be impressed that you qualified for it and were included. It should be a hiring bonus about you, if anything, that you're a clear and uh, a clear storyteller and a good speaker. That's, if anything, only an asset to the team. So um, that's my opinion. I think that she should just go for it. Christina, do you have anything you want to add? Well, I was going to say, like, it's it's really hard to put... It takes a lot of courage to put your name behind something that you don't know how it's going to be received. And that's something that you experience as a writer, right, Molly? Yeah, of Um, course. But I also wonder, like, I think it would be an interesting thing to talk about. Like, I'm sure, Kelly, you have the option to um, have your witness testimony be in a letter. But instead, Mm -hmm. you chose to go to the courthouse and say it directly in in the courtroom. Um, Yeah, what was behind your decision process of doing that? 
Because I'm sure that took a so, lot of, that must have been hard. Yeah, I, basically they had, it was an option for me to just do it like via phone call or Skype or whatever. Like I didn't have to make the drive from Miami to Gainesville because I live in Miami. And, um, but I knew that Spencer, um, the rapist would have been there. And so I kind of just wanted to show that like I cared to the judge and be like, look, like I drove all this way to like, you know, fall and cry and sob like hysterically in front of this monster like in hopes that like it would make a difference so I don't know I mean and even even posting it like it's not just people that I don't know who like read it like it's people that I see out you know yeah it's like it's it's kids I went to high school with it's you know people like I run into in the morning it's like oh, you got bit on your genitalia? Like, mm, yep, I did. Like, it's, it's not always fun, but I think that it's helpful. And, like, same with eating disorders and, like, talking about that. Like, it's, it's not a fun conversation to have. And, I mean, it is up to you whether or not you're comfortable doing it. But you really can help someone. And I think especially if you, like, become an established graphic designer, she said she wants to be, right? Yeah. I think it's really, like, helpful to not only have you know like Demi Lovato is like a role model for a lot of girls and things like that but I think it's it's cool to have someone like an everyday person that like just has like a regular job but is still successful like it 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 happens to like everyone like a lot of people and I think having a relatable person and a relatable voice is encouraging so I think I would definitely go for it and if and, if someone gives you shit for it, there's someone that you should not have around you. So, absolutely, and I think it's even more prevalent in like workplaces than people think. There are a lot of people that suffer from eating disorders in the workplace, and they haven't like come to terms with it, and they're just active in their eating disorder at work. I don't know if you've ever been in a job environment like that, but I've been in at least a couple where. I have coworkers that are actively in their eating disorder and it's uh, yes, like it's awkward and it can be a little bit distracting and you're obviously concerned about this person. Um, And I think there's something very brave about standing up and like saying it out loud and saying like, this is what I deal with. I'm addressing it publicly. I'm in control of my narrative. Um, Those are all great things. So um Yeah, I just, again, Kelly, like, you just impressed me so much. And, like, I'm really, really glad that, no, I'm serious. Like, you know, I've never been able to comfortably, I've alluded to things that have happened in my life, but I've never really been able to comfortably say, like, talk about it because there's a lot of shame involved. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's, that's the other thing, too, that is really driving me nuts about this whole thing is that people are acting like, people coming forward or like having amazing gains from it. And like my whole thing is that they, a lot of people aren't even getting their, getting a job based on it. Like people are finding out someone's been blacklisted for, you know, the last 15 years and no one's giving them a job. They're just being like, wow, like congratulations on what you survived. Like you're really brave. Um, (laughs) It's really, really hard. And for it to take that hit on shame, especially people out there who imply that this somehow benefits a survivor of that. Um, it's it, it's a very difficult thing to do. So um, if anything, but like, first of all, Kelly, like, forward, I just, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you at all. No, I um, wasn't saying anything important. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, That's another thing. Like, what, what confused me about my case specifically was, like, what am I gaining from this? Like, I'm a year behind in school. I'm living with my parents again. Like, I had my own apartment. I was living with, like, my best friend at the time, like, I was living life like I was happy, you know, like I've gained that, like I haven't gained anything from reporting this, you know, but I think um, going forward with it, although like you said, like you're not like been able to talk about it comfortably. Like there's no way to talk about these things comfortably. Like it's not a comfortable conversation and it shouldn't be like, no one should feel comfortable like right with sexual assault. But um, yeah, they should feel safe doing it, which I do. So I think that's good. 
And I, I feel like this, huge. this girl should definitely, I mean, own it. Like you're working on it. It works if you work it. Like, and if anything, it doesn't take away from what you bring to the table. Like if, if a future employer looks me up, like all you have to do is go on my Twitter. Like it's my pin tweet. And like, you're going to read all of this stuff about me. And like, she, they could be like, oh, well, she seems problematic. Like, yeah, I might be like, what's like? No, you're not problematic at all. Um, no, not problematic, and, but like that was that was poor wording. But yeah, like you've got something wrong with you or something. Or like she's like, I mean, he, okay, wait, can I ask you a question? Just like a little bit off topic, but it's something that I want to touch on a little bit, which is um, like where Rose McGowan is at right now because oh she God. is someone that I know, and she's someone that you know has been very brave and coming forward, like in everything, but. Um, based on her like display at the whole Barnes and Noble thing and, and, you know, some of the speaking I've seen her do, um, you know, obviously like hiding this for 20 years or whatever she did, however long it was hiding it for so long and having, you know, just a few industry insiders know, and really have no one come to your aid. Um, I, I can imagine that that would be for lack of better word, like crazy making. And I, I do feel that like she's in a little bit too sensitive of a place to be the face of this movement right now. And I, mm -hmm. I feel guilty saying that because it's like, I don't want to tell someone how to be an advocate, but I also see her behavior as something like, you know, that Barnes and Noble event where she completely went off on that trans woman who is also questionably problematic. Um, I just don't know if she's ready for something like that. And I don't know if you have any like thoughts on, what? I have so many thoughts on her. Um, Tell me everything. I I will. So um, <laughs> I I mean you you said you've been assaulted, and I obviously I'm not gonna question you on that if you said that you're not comfortable with it. But like I I think anyone who's been raped or sexually assaulted in some way, there's a lot of anger. <laughs> that you will feel and there's it's a mix of emotions but like I've gone through being like so like terribly depressed that like I will not leave my bed to like livid just like livid like yeah and I mean especially like in the courthouse like after they said no like I went to the bathroom and like started bawling and then I started screaming <laughs> like yeah there's a lot of emotions and I, I completely understand like being angry because feeling like no one's listening or feeling like no one's helping you so that I understand but there yeah, is no excuse to bully someone or put someone else down or be a mean person everyone goes through shit you don't get to be a bitch because of it you just don't and attacking a trans woman and then saying like because I have a vagina like what is that that's first of all you're not there for women because right. trans women are women whether they have a vagina or not and if you're just gonna you know throw around like the whole oh my god well I have a vagina like okay men get raped like this movement right. is not just for women yet like yes women are the main you know get attacked survivors of assault yeah but it's it's not just for women and to throw around the whole I have a vagina thing like that completely like you're minimizing what other people go through and that's not right and that's not fair I understand being angry I understand being sad and wanting to be heard um but that gives you no right to just minimize how other people like what other people go through because at that point like you're going to be mad if if someone does that to you, you're going to, you know, freak out, but you're okay with doing it to someone else. Like, that's just not right. Like she was saying like trans women get raped and they get assaulted and you're just like, well, I have a vagina. Like no one cares if you have a vagina. That's great. Like, right. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know, like, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's like too soon for you to watch anything like this, but there's a documentary called uh, a matter of consent. And I think that it's used to be really, really hard to find. And I think you could rent it now on Vimeo. So anyone out there who wants to see something that's just kind of 
first of all, it's like just, it's crazy how many excuses someone can make for their behavior when they are being accused of sexual assault. But um, I've, the victim in that story, I've never seen um, a bigger trauma response in my life. And trauma responses can look like a lot of different things. They could show up in a lot of different ways. And when I saw Rose McGowan going after that trans woman, in a way, I don't even think that she was in her body. Like, I felt more that she was yelling at everyone who's ever questioned her, anyone. I don't think that she's the type of person as a survivor, but also as an actress, as someone who's used to being yes, as someone who at this point in her life has been very emboldened and empowered to stand up for herself. Um, I think that she probably has a lot of people around her who are constantly telling her how brave she is and reinforcing her behavior and not saying, well, okay, well, when it comes to the trans issue, you should probably cover it more like this, or maybe this is the thing you should understand better. Instead, I just saw this person that wasn't yelling at the person who was bringing up a very good point. She was yelling at everyone who has ever questioned her in her life. Um, it seemed like she was out of body. And to me, that's a very classic trauma response, which is not to excuse her behavior, but maybe to say, this is not the person we should be using as the face of the movement. This isn't the type of person who's in the place in her life where she can discuss this and remove Hello? her ego from it. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, I need to cut off for a second, but I heard you. Oh, yeah, I was just saying that, like, I don't know. That's where my thoughts are kind of about Rose McGowan is like, look, you know what? I don't know that she intended to be as offensive as she was. I don't even know that she's aware of what she did because of where she's at in her life. In my mind, I really, I, I'm not holding her not responsible. I just think that she's not well and <laughs> that she needs to get a lot more help before she's, you know, doing a book tour as the face of sexual assault in Hollywood. It's like, it's, yeah. it's a lot to, it's a lot to ask as a, of a person who's been buried and silenced for so long. And then now is being, having that actor thing done to her where everyone's saying yes and everyone's, you know, praising her for her uh, brave bravery and everything. Um, it's, you know, there's also a humility that comes along with bravery and I don't think she's there yet. I don't think she can listen to others yet. Truly. That I, uh, that I understand. But if, if you are going to be the face of the movement, you kind of need to like, know what you're getting yourself into like it's it's not an excuse it is a reason I understand but I mean it doesn't excuse it so I think she needs to take time and like heal I agree I think that's yeah for anyone and I think we I need to pull back on her like I think that we just need to pull back on relying on Rose McGowan to be some sort of an important mouthpiece for us um yeah and I don't think she's going to take herself. I don't think she's going to remove herself from the narrative. Um, and I also don't believe in like necessarily canceling a person, uh, so to speak. But I think that, I think that someone needs to step in and tell her that she needs help. It's the same people that are telling her, yes, yes, yes. Like you're brave. You should do this. I think it's those same people that need to step forward and say like, you're actually hurting the movement. Now you need to step back and you know, we need to do some more therapy or something. But, um, it's it's really like a hard case of undereducation, ego, and then someone who I think is going through a, a shit ton of trauma and reliving her experience on such a public, worldwide level at this point, you know? Yeah. I yeah. It's rough. It is. I don't know. There's something very I... self-important I hear in her voice when she says that she set out to change 10% of the world. Um, it's just... To me, it's it's an odd place to go to uh, when I feel like you're trying to fix something on like a micro and macro level uh, to then just start talking about how you're changing the world. It's like a it seems like there's something missing there. I don't know. It seems like I don't want to say selfish, but like it seems like she the Times Up movement and things like that, like. I realize that they're they're not made just for me in my specific case. And I think she needs to realize that like it doesn't only happen to her. She wasn't the only victim of Harvey Weinstein's um assaults and like 
not that she's not special because it's not like some you know contest of like oh well who was traumatized more like you right. all were and I think I think she needs to realize that like people are on her side but she also needs to realize the way you say things do matter because to completely like not validate someone else who's trying to tell you about her their story and to like make a movement that's supposed to help all women about just you it it just doesn't seem right and I don't know if that was her intention like I agree that like it could be a trauma response but someone I agree someone needs to step in and be like you're in over your head right now yeah I think if she had any real friends they would do that I mean that's what happens a lot in Hollywood too is just like someone is yes to yes someone is yes to death like everyone in their life is saying yes 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 (laughs) and no one's saying like maybe you could language or modify your language around this maybe you need to talk to this person or this type of person or you know this very valid sexual assault survivor and and understand that this is bigger than you I think that this is definitely I mean to find out that she's naming you know she named her fans like Rose Army and that this is about Rose Army and that there's Citizen Rose it's like it seems like you're exactly, I think that it is very centered around her right now in her mind. And she's and lost it's okay sight to, like, of. To, to want to take care of yourself and of course, like heal. But if you're going to like focus on yourself so much, focus on your healing. Don't make it like a contest. I feel and that's Absolutely. what she's doing. I so agree with you on that. Um, do you want to read our last letter? Yes, of course. Um letter two hi malls and gang as an internet powerhouse what's the worst offense on one socials rapid fire posting too many food pics too many dog pics too many selfies or too political for fuck's sake 2017 should i unlink my ig for my formerly successful now it's out of a tinder account semi-related i live alone i work alone but i can't be alone with my thoughts hence the compulsion to scream nothingness into the facebook abyss p.s best spot Best pod, girls. She was all over the place with this one. I know. This one kind of went everywhere, girl. I know. This is like pick a lane. Um, Okay. I'll be honest with you. I don't care. The food picks mean nothing to me. They could or could not exist. I don't care. There's no such thing as too many dog pics. Uh, so back to say that. <laughs> like, what kind of, like, what kind of terrorist would even include that in the list that she just wrote? Uh, political, I mean, if you have a, I mean, look, I, I think it all depends on what side of the spectrum you fall on. There are some people I don't want to see any more political tweets from, but there's other <laughs> people that like, yeah, absolutely. Keep, keep reinforcing that. Um, selfies, man, not a fan, not a fan of the selfie. I, I think that it's gr- like, not it's, all the time. There's you, selfies have their moments. Christina hates them. I, I do, yeah. But Christina, I mean, if you're celebrating something, like, we we took two, one together at Work It, and, like, yeah. I normally don't do that, but we did, because we were celebrating, it was a nice way to document But we it. looked good. And we also looked really good. Yeah. Uh, but in general, <laughs> it just makes me feel so gross. It makes me want to die inside every time I see someone, like, post one. And I also hate people who use their Instagram accounts, like, their vacation camera rolls, and they'll post, like, multiple pictures in one day. Anyone yeah. who posts more than two pictures in one day... Like, I want to kill them. <laughs> I reserve that for... I'll lie. I post, I will lie. I posted three or four in a day in the Ugh. past. If it's a special day, um, but... Pick the best pick from that day, then. I don't know. The day's not over, okay? And wait till the end of the day. Okay, so I have to wait till the end of the day. All right. Uh, you need to just follow... It's not chronological people. anymore. It doesn't matter. It's not what? It's not It doesn't. It's not chronological anymore. It, it oh doesn't matter. You're so, so, oh, God. You are so rough. Uh, but... Uh, wait, what do you mean they're not chronological anymore? It doesn't, so the people who follow you won't see it when you post it. They'll see it when it channels through the algorithm and it finds the most appropriate time for that person to see it. Is that why I get, I'm getting, did they change the algorithm? Yeah, like months ago. Oh my God, is that why I've been looking, oh my God, that's why I've been looking at pictures from five days ago. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so creepy. Thank you. I have like been, been wondering. Like working on people's things, and like I've like liked the picture from like a million years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, I promise <laughs> I wasn't. But like, I can't oh. like just simply DM you and be like, hey, just so you know, I wasn't lurking on your account. I just have to kind of like take it. 
I just just liked one of your pictures that you, yeah, I I just liked your picture uh, for four hours ago. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it is, I've been wondering why. And I actually got into a fight with a friend about it because I was like, it was a picture of him and this, like, his other, his other girl, his work wife. Okay. My best friend and I have been friends for 13 years and we were supposed to hang out. And I see a picture of him and his work wife. And I literally text him. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, why haven't you called me? And uh, come to find out that was like two days prior. So now this, all make, this is making a lot of sense to me. Okay. She, why? I don't know why I didn't know that. I just thought my phone was being weird. I thought Apple was breaking Snapchat my phone. Snapchat updates the worst. Oh, God. It's so bad. I haven't been on Snapchat in months. Don't. Uh, you're was- going to throw your phone. <laughs> I really will. I just hate that like all of social media postings are no longer chronological, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or like I just hate the changing. Anyway, I'm upset. So bad. What What are your gripes with the uh, social media postings? What's your take on this, Kelly? <sighs> don't post about liking Trump. Just like don't do it. Um, <laughs> and like the Tinder thing, I don't know. I, I never know. had my link to my Tinder. You know what? Okay. I, are you on Tinder? I I got a Tinder once, like, after a breakup, and I didn't talk to anyone. I'm going to sound so weird. <laughs> I didn't talk to anyone. I really just wanted to, like, remind myself that other boys exist. I don't know if that's, like, the weirdest thing you've ever heard, but, like, I was No, like, that's okay, exactly other... what I... Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> why I joined. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly why I joined. Um, but, like, I, by the I'm way... I'm not going to, like talk to one of them because I get I like think everyone's like a serial killer I don't know well no that's not a bad way to think I'm actually the worst and I love tinder and I will go on a date with anyone as long as it's in public but um yeah I I personally am like all right this is my journey with the Instagram Uh, my biggest pet peeve on tinder oh my if I could tell you because I'm not like as you just, I just found out about that Instagram algorithm. <laughs> and like, when I tell you that, like, I've made my living on the internet, I feel very far away. I've made, I feel very far removed from the internet these days. I have no fucking clue what's going on anymore. So I know that you have to like link it to your Facebook, but it never really occurred to me that like, if you have a mutual with someone that someone would then take it the extra step of going to that mutuals Facebook and then searching their friends and seeing your Facebook profile uh, because then people learn your last name and then like they, they Google you and then like all of a sudden all your shit's available to everyone. I hate being Googled. That's my personal thing where it's just like, I, I just don't like Google it. You. What's on Google? <laughs> uh, there's a lot. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, I've, uh, it, it's just not, I don't like it because I feel like the whole point of going on a first date with someone is to, are you Googling me right now? I just want to see what came up first. Christina just Googled me in front of my face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, well, there what's goes your that. last name? It's, it's on my Twitter. It's McAleer. M-C-A-L-E-E-R. But, okay, but anyway, stop Googling. Everyone stop Googling me and listen to me. <laughs> I just want to tell you. I just wanted to see if your wiki feed was going to come up. No, <laughs> stop. Uh, I have a wiki feed. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like a perverted person's Wikipedia. <laughs> Um, how do you how do you spell your last name? Wait one second, I'm so sorry. M A what? M M C A L E E R. If you didn't say anything, I was doing it discreetly. I talk about Google all the time. Okay, um, I found you. Okay, see you and every other guy I've got matched with on Tinder, but um, that's why I don't link my Instagram or anything like that because there's nothing on my Instagram that you can't find out with me over a drink, like. We could talk about whatever's. You want to know I have a dog? You want to know I have friends? Like, we could talk about that on a date. I think it really removes, like, there's very little that's organic about Tinder to begin with. And I do think that one of the nicer things about dating is all the organic stuff that comes up. So when I, uh, when I, when I am on Tinder, I don't want someone to be looking at my Instagram. That's like too many. That's too many things they get to sift through about me. And if they don't have theirs linked, then, like, you know. Or theirs is private or something like that. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know. Just even, like, it's just another way for me to not like you. Like, people list their Spotify now. Like, do you know how mortified I would be if I was dating a guy that was, like, looking at my Spotify? 
I mean, I just don't want to date someone whose like preferred song is like a Creed song. But then you go on the date and you find out they like. <laughs> yeah, Creed. I don't want to even go on the date. Well, who's Listen, listening like, to Creed anyway? Like, is that a li- like, like rap music twenty four seven? I need to know that it varies and that we can like is, have the best of both worlds in the car. I, these are important. I mean. Things. I, I maybe I have high high self esteem about my swipes, but like I'm telling you, I don't think I I don't think I swipe on someone that likes Creed. I think that I can see Creed in a person's soul, and I don't swipe. Do you read the profiles of it, or are you just yeah? Swiping? I read the profile. Okay. So well, what some, no, it depends. If someone doesn't have anything filled out in their profile, do you still swipe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it said people write too much. It's the guys that write too much that I'm really off of when they are, or, or so, you know what else is a real big turn off? When people list all the things they don't like in some Oh, uh, yeah. Don't message me if. Yeah. Or they're like, yeah, don't bother messaging me if you're not vegan, if you don't like hiking, if you, well, it's like, okay, who hurt you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, it's like, I have ways to say it. I'm totally that person though. <laughs> <laughs> but what are your, what are your must not, must not haves? <laughs> I hate to, like, talk about how much I hate Trump, but, like, I hate him. And if you like him, like, I'll, like, I'll ask. Like, I'll ask. You're in Florida, like, too, so that's I a good mean. point. <laughs> when I start texting them, like, or something like that. Like, not from Tinder, because, like, I'm not giving you my number. Because, like I said, you could be a serial killer. But, like, like just boys, like, I meet, like, whatever. If, like, I start texting them, like, I'm going to ask. And be like, I, this is random, but it is very important. Like, do you like Donald Trump? And I would their think, response especially depends, where you like, are, determines too. whether or not I block them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you are, we don't really have that problem in LA. I would say I won't even date a Bernie bro either. If someone's like really pushing the Bernie Sanders agenda, I'm like, babe, he lost. Like, he's, he wasn't even an option. Like, let's stop talking about Bernie. Like, let's talk about the fucking monsters like that are in our White House right now. He is America's grandpa. And you know what? God bless that. But I, I do love my Clintons. I can't help it. I mean, I guess part of it is I've always wanted to have sex with Bill Clinton. But uh, I know he's problematic as well. Sorry. He was like a hot older man when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. You don't get it. Uh... He's a hot old. When I was a kid, like, he just has a hot. He's just like a he's just like a daddy. I don't know what to tell you. I he was like a okay. cooler president. He was a cool president. He played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. I don't know if any of that means anything to you, but you might want to look that up. See, a saxophone is a... Like a thirst trap and then like being like okay 
like once every two weeks, like I look really cute today. Like I put effort into my appearance. You know, there's, there's, I'm a single lady or I'm not a single lady or I just want everyone to know. I want my exes to see how good I look. Like, yeah, you put that out there. Listen, there's and, like, trust nothing me. like dropping a selfie on Snapchat and those little blue boxes appear. Like, yep. That's you know? See, I think like Snapchat some- is an appropriate arena for that. I just don't understand why someone would like document it long term in the form of like an Instagram post or Cuz like- I'll show you I'll show you if you want to see some pictures where people look good, I'll show them to you. And people when they want to look good, they look good. I tell I'm telling you, I'll like a selfie if if it's not a, a person- full body selfie or just a head selfie. I don't care. Okay. What do if you it's mean like a, a great body selfie. Do you just like, like an outfit of the like day? A picture of a one person? Like, if someone's posting, like, their picture of their outfit, like, I get that, that I get, but I mean, if you're just posting your head, like, pictures Oh my of god, you are such a hater. Like, you're just picking and choosing, like, lanes now. Like, you have to pick a lane. Like, you either- I feel like this you is, can't... like, directed at someone. Whose selfie pissed you off? <laughs> I, ex- thank you. Exactly. Whose selfie pissed you off? It's probably, honestly, it's probably me. It's just looking right at me. Um, but, uh, I'll say that I'm very, uh, look, yeah. I'm, I would say I'm very restrained, okay? So <laughs> stop picking on me. Kelly, um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming out and joining us today. <laughs> thank you for having me. You're an angel, and I hope we get to talk more soon. And if you're ever in L.A., let me know, because I would love to take you out. I would love to be taken out. Okay, great. <laughs> um, Kelly, we're going to link you in our uh, episode description as well as our Twitter and stuff like that. But do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, sure. I don't even know my handle, so let me go look. Um, on Twitter, it's <laughs> Kels, just K-E-L-L-S underscore Lahe, L-A-G-E. Pronounced okay. like Lahe. And then... <laughs> Um, my Insta is Kelly underscore Lahe with two E's. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I am so glad that we got to talk. You're such a sweetie. Um, and if thank for you. some reason I'm ever in Miami, I'll hit you up. Yes. Okay, girl. Uh, thanks so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, my dog says hi. By the way, he just started scaling. Oh my god, my I say face, hi to your so dog. I can tell he wants to say hi. Um, all right, okay. sweetie. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.